Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent Kyle Serafin. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Thursday. It's November the 30th, and we are going to get into some fun stuff. We're going to be talking about power, the use of power, a failure of power, the abuse of power. But also, we've got some bad news, a little bit of bad news to drop on you on this Thursday morning. Uh, My ex-girlfriend was carjacked yesterday in D.C., and she had one of her cars stolen. We're going to be talking about an FBI agent who got carjacked and lost a vehicle and some body armor. I just got some breaking information from somebody who may or may not be associated with the FBI that uh, our feds that are in the chat can go ahead and try to figure out who I'm talking to, but I get the inside scoop. I guarantee you nobody else knows what's going on here. No one else has this intel because uh, it took me all night and this morning to get it. That being said, we're going to talk about some fun stuff. And obviously, we're going to have to talk about when we talk about power, we're going to have to be talking about what Elon did yesterday, which was um, absolutely hilarious. It is the lead. Can you throw up our our thumbnail? I'm really proud of what you did with that work there, Ryan. We throw our thumbnail. There it is. G-F-Y. That's the hashtag of the day. Go F yourself is what Elon Musk had to say to some people yesterday. Fantastic stuff. So let's launch right into this. Let's start. Let's start with uh, Patriot Coolers. I think that's a good place to start here. And we're going to we're gonna give you guys a, a banging show. I think you're really going to appreciate it. So first, I want to say thanks to my friends at Patriot Coolers. You can go to patriotcoolers.com. We just found this promo video. This was as they were launching, as they were launching back in 2017, in September of 2017. My first purchase with Patriot Coolers was in October of 2017. I bought one of their tumblers and I started carrying it all over the country. They are an outstanding company. They've been supporting us since our podcast was very fledgling and many of you didn't even know we were out there. We really appreciate them. Go to patriotcoolers.com. Use the promo code Kyle, which will get you 10% off. This is a company that believes in the red, white, and blue. They put the stars and the stripes on all of their products. They put the name Patriot front and center and they are based in Houston, Texas, America. They ship from the United States. Yes, many of their things have to be made in Chinese because we have a abusive government that doesn't allow you to even do some of the processes out there that you would otherwise be able to do in other places. They have to be made overseas. Things like the uh, double-walled tumblers. I promise you, if you are buying one of these steel tumblers that has the vacuum seal anywhere, they're all made in Chinese. Every damn one of them. But this one, at least, has American design, and they come from an American company. That's who makes the profit on it. So check out patriotcoolers.com. Use promo code Kyle and uh, get back to vets. Get back to the Kyle Serafin show and get yourself something you're really going to like. They're fantastic products. We really do stand behind them and they got great colors. Got my mom in the chat right now. What's going on there? My mother is telling people that I look tired. I don't appreciate that, Diane. That's not cool. I don't know if I, I don't feel tired. I just have an infant that wakes up three or four times a night. Like that's pretty standard. Let's uh, let's launch. Should we launch here? So we start with the, the Catholic vote thing, which is actually a story. It's topic number eight, Ryan. Um, apparently our friends over at Catholic vote are running not just a donation campaign. So obviously they're one of our supporters and our sponsors, but they were also running something that is called the tournament of Catholic heroes, <laughs> the Catholic heroes tournament 2023. And you can see who's number one right there on the list. I'm just saying, if you're not watching our rubble channel, that's what you're missing out on. You're missing out on number one. There is Kyle Serafin sitting there. They're doing a Sweet 16 style matchup. I don't know what that means. I've got no idea uh, how this all plays out, but I guess it's head to head. You get to vote for your favorites. I'm telling you who my pick for winner for the whole thing 
My overall pick is down here at the bottom. Keep going. Keep scrolling. There's no Greg Abbott in my life. There he is. The man, the myth, the legend, Mark Haupt. Mark Haupt is my pick for winner right there as Ryan is circling on the screen. That's who I want to see win the overall thing. I think Mark Haupt put up with all of it, and he did something that many of you will never understand exactly how brave it is, but let me try to articulate it in a short little moment. Mark Haupt said, I did nothing wrong. I stood up for my son, even though the federal government has charged me with a civil rights violation and a FACE Act violation, which was absolutely weaponized government. It was one of the clearest cases of weaponization that the FBI and DOJ got involved in. He took it to trial, he put it in front of a jury and he was acquitted in one hour because the American people, even in a leftist place like Philadelphia, where he was being charged and where these charges were brought, were obviously able to see that this is just a dad who was incredibly restrained in the way that he defended his son. Mark is a big guy. He was a football player in college. If you guys saw the interview with us, uh, he'll come on and do it again. He's running for Congress right now. Mark is my pick to win it all. And he's also my pick to go to Congress there. He's challenging a Former FBI agent, uh, what's his name, either Fitzgerald or Fitzpatrick, I can't remember what his name is, we'll get him on to talk about it, but he is a primary challenger right now for the Republican Party in the uh, in the district that he lives in, in um, Pennsylvania. So Mark Hout's my overall pick, but you guys can vote for me too, because you're not going to hurt Mark Hout, then also vote for Mark, then anybody else you like, go ahead and pick your brackets out there, let's see where this thing goes, it's kind of fun, catholicvote.org, you can go through and click through it, and you uh, the link is in the show description, so if you're listening to us and you didn't see what I'm talking about, go to the show description, the, the link is in there, click right through, it's like donate.catholicvote.org slash champions or heroes or something, um, click through there. All right. You get to vote twice, Kyle, so they can vote for you and Mark. They can vote for me and Mark. There's eight votes that you get in the first round because it's a sweet 16. Then there's uh, then there's going to be four votes and then you're going to get two votes and then you're going to get one vote. So go ahead and uh, join this. It'll be fun. If you guys haven't signed up for this thing already, all you do is you punch in your email address. They'll probably send you the loop and you'll be winning anyhow for all that. So let's launch into some discussions about power and failures of power. And maybe, maybe things are starting to kind of peek out. The light is starting to come out from underneath that door. We are starting to see a little bit of glimpse in the room that uh, it's it's getting unraveled. These ugly things that have been happening for basically the last decade. Uh, and the first story we're going to bring up is talking about Seth Rich and his laptop. Many of you may have seen this, but Seth Rich was a Democratic staffer. He was killed in D.C. in a supposedly botched robbery. That's the story, if you guys believe it. I'm going to pull up this Newsweek article, and I'm going to read a bit. It's always better to get the left-wing news take. Uh, some of you may know that Matt Couch has been following the story, like, doggedly, and he's been funding it, and he's been sued over it. Uh, the story here is being written by, who's the, uh, who writes this article? Does it even say? Alice Higgum is writing the story here for Newsweek. Seth, which is, Seth Rich's laptop is going to be turned over by the FBI Judge rules. This was updated uh, yesterday. So this is fun. A judge has ordered the FBI to turn over the laptop of murdered Democratic staffer Seth Rich. Texas judge Amos L. Mazant has ordered a quote-unquote timeline for the disclosure of the information on Seth Rich's personal laptop, Seth Rich's work laptop, the DVD, and tape drives within 14 days following the issuance of this memo. And that was on Wednesday morning. Okay, so yesterday morning. That came out. So 14 days. We are now on the two-week clock. Of course, they're going to appeal this. Obviously, they're going to appeal this. But this is the fun thing for us. This happened in Texas. It's a Texas judge, which means it's going to go to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. And the Fifth Circuit has been incredibly capable of overruling things that have been favorable to Democrats. They are very, very stacked in an incredibly strong appeals district. So the odds are we are going to see the Court of Appeals in the Fifth District, uh, or in the uh, Fifth Circuit, rather, come back in favor of releasing the information. 
That's great news as far as people who want to be, if you want to debunk the conspiracy, shouldn't you just debunk it? The story is, is that he's a, uh, he's a DNC staffer, Democratic National Committee. And on July 10th of 2016, this is just before the 2016 election, he was making his home, making his way home rather from a night out in Washington, D.C. And he was on the phone with his girlfriend and then shots were heard because of course, just walking around in D.C., in 2016. It was ugly then. I was there just afterwards, but it wasn't that ugly, particularly where he was in. You didn't just usually get shot for your cell phone. But that was the story. Uh, and in the years since, this is Newsweek we're saying that the uh, his death has been used by right-wing activists to fuel far-reaching theories about Democrats. And although the killer's never been found, the police have evidence to say that he was the victim of a botched robbery. All right, sure, that's the take. Then just release the information and let's find it out. Because what was he involved in, the uh, the belief was, is he may have been actually downloading a lot of the information from the DNC servers and bringing this stuff out and leaking it because there was some evil going on. Very possible. We'll never know unless they re release it. Hopefully they actually do. In fact, uh, this has been a long-running freedom of information battle between the FBI and a guy named Ty Clevenger, who's an attorney that's been representing uh, someone in Texas to be able to do this. And I said, Matt Couch has been involved in this. If you know Matt Couch, he's uh, a conservative pundit as well. Someone I talk to pretty frequently. And great stuff here, because this does need to come out into the public. We need to see information. And when we're dealing with my ex-girlfriend, the FBI, what we're talking about is an intelligence agency that continues to basically say, what they're saying is, we don't need to give you information. That's what intelligence agencies believe. They believe that they are the ones that are able to control it, and they should be able to tell you what happens, and you should take their word on it. But the just trust me bro era, I think it's past in many, many ways. Um, it's just not going to work in the same way that it always has. And I think that all kind of leads to this 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 failure of the sources of power thinking that they can ex exercise power in the same way they always have. And they don't. They don't have that ability anymore. Nobody is just going to accept the just trust me bro answer anymore. Not after what they did in COVID. I've said many times, and I will continue to say, I think that even though many of us experienced a lot of tyranny and saw the government for what it was, we saw the uh, the media apparatus for what it was, in that moment, in late 2020 and 2021, as they were running the death counters that were obviously made up, they were just clicks and fear-driven. They were amygdala porn that was making you fearful of something that wasn't real. All of those things have actually done something very positive because what happened was every single mechanism of power that was previously an institution that was beyond question managed to debase itself during that time frame. What they did was, is they overplayed a hand, and many of you saw goalposts moving while they were moving. We said, well, that, that can't be true because you just said something five seconds ago that was different. And they said, no, 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 no. It's the science. The science is always changing, but the science is whatever we say it is. All this kind of nonsense has actually debased the media, which has historically low absolutely historically low credibility with people. It has favorability ratings closer to chlamydia. Most people would rather get the clap than listen to what goes on <laughs> in mainstream media. Sorry, Ryan, I caught you off guard with that one, but it's true. And Congress has the same idea. So our members of Congress, our, our media, our apparatus that is supposed to be the people that we respect, that we're supposed to be able to hold in high regard, we cannot. We cannot. And here's what's even funnier. They're overplaying that hand like it was uh, 1999, like they still had the ability to tell you that the world was going to shut down in the year 2000 and you better hide in your houses. They're still trying to play that game. And our topic here about uh, this is something that is even more fun. I love it when DOJ overplays its hand and finds itself on the wrong side. They did it with Mark Haup. We just talked about it. They charged a man that was obviously doing something that was self-defensive of a ridiculous federal crime, and they failed. 
Here's another fantastic fail. This is coming from Fox News. This is talking about uh, DOJ fails to stop Rachel Levine. You guys know who Rachel Levine is? He's that ugly man that dresses up like a lady with the weird gray hair. Looks like one of my former colleagues who was a real lady. Uh, whose name was Lisa. She was kind of interesting. She was nutty, too. She uh, adopted an Indian against the law. FBI agents doing weird stuff. But here it is. Uh, Rachel Levine, emails being exposed in litigation over Alabama's sex chain ban for minors. Okay, here's why this is really fun. And you guys have to understand, this was published yesterday, first thing in the morning. We almost threw it on the show, but then we obviously had that discussion with Aaron and Tara. The Alabama Attorney General basically did the dipsy-doo flipperoo on the Justice Department. So here's the scenario. The Alabama Attorney General, uh, Steve Marshall, is now defending a law that Alabama passed. Now, you'd think because of the 10th Amendment that even though it doesn't say anything in the Constitution about whether or not you can stop transgender surgeries, so that should be left to the states under the 10th Amendment, what we find is, is that DOJ is an activist arm right now of the Biden administration. And so what they did is they said, well, okay, so you've passed a law that said it's punishable by up to 10 years if you're going to prescribe puberty blockers or hormones to transgender children for a sex change. If you want to try to do a sex change on children in the state of Alabama, it is now a felony that has been signed into law. But DOJ can't let that stand because the DOJ is an activist Democrat arm. They are working on behalf of the Biden administration in the way that Eric Holder was. This is a wingman scenario. So Merrick Garland's DOJ has filed suit against Alabama. And they said, we'd like to sue you because we believe that some constitutional liberties are being infringed upon. And these children are not able to have sex changes, even though they're not old enough to vote or get a tattoo or have a cigarette or look at pornography. We think they should be able to cut off their genitals. That's the position of our DOJ, which is absurd. It's truly absurd and it's insane. Here's the fun part. The DOJ has unlimited resources. They have the unlimited resources of the federal government to go and throw as many attorneys at this as they want. That's a big problem. And in doing so, they've opened themselves up to something very fun. In the same way, I feel like Jack Smith has opened himself up to relitigating whether or not the 2020 election was stolen. That is another misstep. We're not going to cover that today, but just think about it. As they go in and they open these cans of worms, they assume that they are going to be able to control the entire narrative. Here's where they were wrong. Rachel Levine, formerly known as Richard Levine, the, uh, the, the Assistant Secretary for Health and Human Services, referred to as the Admiral in this article, which makes me want to puke. We've got the General of Merrick Garland, he's the Attorney General, and this Admiral in the Public Health Service, Rachel Levine, who's obviously mentally ill and is a hideous human being inside and out in many ways. Here's what goes on. When DOJ starts suing Alabama... Alabama is now able to do discovery. They're able to defend themselves by requesting certain information. Discovery, as the Fox News article here says, is a procedure during litigation during which both parties present and request evidence before trial. Hey, what are you working with? Hey, what are you working with? The two sides have to swap. I used to have to prepare discovery for any of the criminal cases we did. You would just keep all of your stuff. Literally, the FBI file system has an export discovery button. And as you push it out, it's going to give you a full DVD of all the evidence that is available for them. And you bring it over and you give it to the defense. You just mail it off to them. It's no big deal. D discovery happens all the time. The fun thing is this. You can request specific things in discovery. And Steve Marshall of Alabama requested Rachel Levin's email records, believing that Fox calls her she, but it's a, it's a man, um, believing that he is one of the primary voices within the federal government and most relevantly health and human services, which is going to be advocating for sex changes in children with dysphoria. So Steve Marshall of Alabama is saying, hey, DOJ, we accept that you're in a lawsuit with us. I'm going to raise you. Give me all of Rachel Levine's emails because Rachel Levine is the biggest advocate for this thing. And the DOJ is like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't, we don't want to give you that. 
What if we gave you someone who is not Rachel Levine's emails? Would that be good? You want Rachel Levine's emails? We'll give you not Rachel Levine's emails. How about some of Rachel Levine's former subordinates instead? And here's the fun thing. The courts took a look at that. And God, can you put this ugly picture up? If you scroll down in that article, Ryan, there's a picture uh, where Rachel is sitting in front of like, on a, like a stethoscope with a tranny flag behind it. Very weird. Uh, in any case, the court ruled just earlier this week that uh, Admiral Levine's emails are both relevant and that uh, since Admiral Levine is a public official, they are going to be subject to discovery. That means the attorney general and the office of the attorney general, which is not as big as the federal government, but definitely has significantly more resources than many private firms, is going to be able to pull through Admiral Rachel Levine's emails and find out what's in there that may be relevant to their case as they defend it. And that is super fun and funny. That is when you overplay your hand, when you think that your power is going to just uh, be able to rule by fiat, the ability that you're going to say it and therefore it will happen, the rule by fiat. <laughs> and instead, what's going to happen is you're going to have to open up your panties drawer. I know FBI panty raid sitting in there. You're going to have to open your panty drawer and show what kind of weird panties uh, Admiral Rachel Levine is hiding in those emails. That's really fun. So we've got some transparency going on with Seth Rich, and we've got some transparency going on with these emails. They're unrelated, but they are both overplays. They are both overplays of a DOJ hand that looks like they're starting to get squared on behalf of truth and the American people. And who cares, right? They shouldn't care because the Justice Department should not be in the business of trying to cover up things for the government. Their job should be truth, honesty, fairness. If the judge thinks that's reasonable, they shouldn't fight it. They will probably try to fight it, I'm sure. Of course, DOJ declined comment. HHS also not going to comment. Go figure. The uh, the attorney general in Alabama said, I'm glad the court has granted our motion to require HHS to search Admiral Levine's emails for documents relevant to our defense of Alabama's law. I look forward to reviewing the documents HHS produces as we continue to defend Alabama's children. There it is. That's all really fun, okay? We can't say more how funny it is when they take a shot and they fail. And if you pull up any of those pictures, I will uh, I will gag. But Ryan- I can't, Kyle. I got a paywall. Sorry. Don't even worry about it. Oh, yeah. No, it's email. not even paywall now. So, fo guys, if you read Fox News, you have to put your email in and then it's not a paywall. They just want to spam you with garbage. So I've done that on your behalf. I've, I'm reading through this article. There's nothing else that's relevant other than really gross pictures of a really ugly man who became a hideous woman. And can I just say this as just like a personal note? I just find it to be the saddest thing for masculine looking and otherwise unattractive females that the tranny thing has happened in modern times because every single woman, even like a bad angle of a female, I'm like, is that a dude? Do you guys do that too? Like, are you out there looking? Like, just throw it in the comments if you want, but like, and, and not in the chat, put it in the comments for me because I'll go back and read them. Are there people that you just see? I, I see news reporters all the time that have wild leftist views and they have this sort of like strange angled picture where they're doing the duck face, whatever. And I'm like, oh, is that a dude? I'm looking for an Adam's apple all the time. It's one of the saddest things. It's really sad. I feel bad for women because this trans movement has really just kind of, really kind of ruined it for them. It's uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, unrelated to any of that, let's talk about, there it is. You did find it. See, what an ugly picture that is. And he's got that chin thing we were talking about. Ryan told me about, uh, you know, we all worry about like looking kind of like you have this chin. This guy is totally <laughs> unafraid. He can't grow a beard anymore to cover up that weird chin. All he's got is just like layer upon layer of gullet. Like he looks like a pelican. You could toss a fish in there or something. Um, <laughs> I, I have a strong dislike for that human being. Just looking, if you showed me a picture of that and you said, are you going to get along with that guy? I'd be like, no. Never. I am never going to be very, I'll be nice, but I, I wouldn't get along. I don't want to hang out. Uh, I see you guys are talking about Kissinger. 
<laughs> have you guys seen this meme of uh, Henry Kissinger? It's always like the it's the the Grim Reaper playing like in one of those vending machines with a claw, and like it keeps pulling things up of people who've recently died that are famous, and it's like you know, damn it, is there is Kissinger even in this box? Uh, Henry Kissinger passed away at the age of 100. I have no feelings about it at the moment. I just. I just think it's funny. I saw you guys mentioning it in the chat. All right, let's carry on because we're going to be talking full on about the power piece. Like I said, we just failed on that. Let's do uh, let's do uh, an ad real quick. Let's do um, four Patriots if you want to bring them up. We'll talk about them, talk about power. If you run out of power, you're probably screwed. You probably want to figure out something like a solar generator. You want to figure out a backup system. If you were to lose power, we're not talking about government power here. We're talking about electricity. That's a big deal. Go to four, the number four, patriots.com, the number four, patriots.com slash Kyle or just use my promo code. All kinds of interesting options here for survival. They've got uh, air purification that may or may not be interesting to you. HEPA filters and so on. Can't hurt. I'll just tell you that, uh, especially as we uh, go towards the, we're in the winter months right now. So many of you are turning on your thermoses or your thermostats rather and turning it up and getting whatever the heck you've been having hanging out in your pipes. Not everybody lives full four seasons or two seasons, whatever we have in Texas, two seasons. It's kind of like too hot and then chilly. I guess there are two seasons, but uh, figure out your options there for patriots.com slash Kyle promo code, Kyle, whatever way you want to do it. You can check out their uh, survival food, which is what they've sent me. And uh, I think it's a much, it's a much better choice than MREs, regardless of what TACP says in our chat. They still make me sick. He is still an advocate of the beef stew MRE. I could do without MREs for the rest of my life. Many of you could too. Any of you who have lived on them for a long time don't want to play with that, except some of you sickos. So check out some of their emergency food again for patriots.com slash Kyle and support our sponsors. They're supporting us. All right, should we do this? Should we talk about what's going on? It's it. They're, they're having trouble. You want to talk about power. Some of the way you exercise power is you seize it. And right now, New York is in big trouble. We've got some really interesting footage coming out of New York. I think it's going to be number three. Video number three is going to be the one. So there, we're, going to, we're going to go back to this, this New York Post article in just a second. We're going to play you a video. This is News Corp. Many of you guys know this. This is they own uh, like the Wall Street Journal and some other things. It used to be the parent company of Fox. It's a Rupert Murdoch venue. Uh, this is what it looked out like outside of News Corp, I guess, yesterday. Pretty ugly stuff. This is, if you're not watching on the Rumble channel, you're going to miss out on the video here. A bunch of riotous people in the city of New York, in New York City. Go ahead and send that video if you would. They're going to free Palestine. It's kind of a jam. I don't hate the, uh, the drummers down there. They always have the same thing from the river to the sea which sounds pretty genocidal to the poor Jews that live in uh, Israel. That seems like a problem. They got no problem doing that. We are seeing outright displays of this pro-Hamas sort of uh, rallies. And I think there's a lot of useful idiots in this. They're foolish. And I know they're useful idiots because they tried to ruin the Rockefeller Christmas tree lighting. You got a video of that. That's going to be video number four. I said it's beginning to look a lot like riot season. I thought we were getting into Christmas season, but maybe we'll go back into the riot season. Let's do video number four. Just take a look at what these guys do. They're so polite and respectful. They love the FBI, but they hate the police. That just tells you how backwards these people are. Let's go ahead and run that video. (laughs) 
There's something really weird about watching these crazy leftist females. First of all, she's got the shemog wrapped around her face and she's doing the ninja routine. Sorry, I covered up the mic a little bit. She's doing that ninja routine, you know, so she's got the scarf over her head. She's got the pro-Palestine sort of colors and, and pattern. So she's doing that and she's getting shoved because she pushes a man like a like a real masculine looking NYPD police officer, shoves him backwards and then he pushes her back. And then her answer is like, she's mad. She's swearing. Like, what's your badge number? It's like, they're like, I don't believe in the rules, but like, give me your badge number because I believe in the rules. They're so, they're so strange about how they selectively are interested in the things that they think are right. It's just really gross. But that was, that was the tree lighting ceremony going on at Rockefeller Plaza. Um, kind of an iconic thing that happens in America. The second thing is, and we don't have an article about it, but uh, it happened the other day when I was talking to Vince Colonnese on the, uh, on the airwaves in Washington, D.C., the national Christmas tree was set up and then fell down. The wind blew it over, which many people would say is sort of emblematic of what's been going on in the Biden administration. Uh, they set it up and they knock it down. That's probably climate change. I don't know, does climate change hate Christmas trees or the Biden administration or Christmas in general? Is it just trying to free Palestine? It's kind of goofy, kind of goofy stuff, but that's what these people are about. And why would you have such a problem with all these outraged protesters making such a mess in New York City in a place when they should be looking for tourist dollars, they're looking for people to come in from the surrounding areas to come and spend their money in the fancy shops that exist all over Manhattan? Why? Because exactly like we just showed a second ago, topic three there, uh, that New York Post article. And this is a pretty alarming thing. 2,500 people working for the NYPD badges turned in in 2023 alone. The number is actually uh, even higher. It's 2,516 is what they've said so far. This is Tina Moore and a guy named Dean Balsami. Balsami? I don't know. Balsamini? <laughs> Sorry, guys. So here it is. We're going to just read from the article, because why not? Uh, New York's finest continues to bolt from the job. Yeah, we're going to have some uh, some former New York City cops come in and talk about how rough it is. Part of it is because they've got a mayor that theoretically should have been an advocate for the police in, in Mayor uh, Eric Adams, but instead has been, been trash. He's just been a leftist, and apparently he might be very corrupt as well. There's some pretty interesting allegations being levied about him by guys like uh, Saul Greco, who I had on my Badlands show the other day we talked to. We'll bring him on here on the show and give him, give him a chance to tell his story. So... 2,516 New York cops so far this year, it's not over yet, have left. That's the fourth highest number in the past decade, 43% more than those who left in 2018. Hmm. Uh, before the pandemic and the crime spikes in the city. Think about it. You've taken a bunch of New York City cops. You've asked them to wield power that they don't want to. They've had to shut down businesses. They've had to go and enforce mask mandates. They've had to pull people out of parks. They had to go shut down city functions. And then they told every single one of them whether they wanted it or not many of whom are Catholic, many of whom are Christians in general, across the board, that they had to go get a shot they didn't want to go get. These were people that were working on the front lines during the so-called pandemic that were theoretically facing all of the, uh, you know, the dangers of the public health crisis that was going on, even though they turned away the hospital ships from the Navy. So apparently it was a really big deal. And then what happens? Then you're going to go ahead and put extra restrictions on these people and kick them out of their jobs. It reminds me of what's going on in the military, what happened in the military, why we don't have a military the way that we did. Many of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. We're going to actually cover a, a DOD whistleblower in just a second here as well. Same story. Cops are quitting at numbers before they reach 20 years, before they receive the poll pension. And that number is skyrocketing. It was 509 in 2020. Do the math on that. And then you're talking about you're talking about it bumping up even more every single year to the point where we're at 2,500 this year. 
That's wild before the 20 years. Now, some people are going to naturally always go out, but the FBI is facing the same numbers, by the way, folks. Their retention levels in local law enforcement, in state, and in federal are all bad. I just saw in the chat that one of you brought up the fact that uh, the uh, fall of Minneapolis and the fact that Derek Chauvin is now in prison and was stabbed the other day. All of this stuff is related. It really is. Because when you start devaluing the currency of the realm, the, the power that the state can wield, you're actually making it so much harder for the people that literally keep you safe on a daily basis. The people that stop the big things that happen, which is going to be local crime. People breaking into your car, people kicking down the door of your house, people stealing from your business. All of these things are local crime issues. These are not federal issues. But when you abuse federal power and state power and local power, when you when you wear out your welcome with the average person who looks at it and no longer respects, you get stupidity like we saw right there in that Rockefeller Center or in the uh, Rockefeller Plaza, rather, trying to put up a Christmas tree. You get stupidity standing out in front of News Corp. And you get people who say, screw it, man. I'm not going to do this job. This job is not worth it. You can take the job and you can shove it. It is not worth me getting stabbed on duty or screamed at or spit at or yelled at for eight hours a day or 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day doing this job that already can be pretty hard in a place that's that's kind of rotten. And all you're saying is you don't love us. That's what the cops are saying. They had days, apparently, uh, where they had 21 cops walk off the job in in like one 48-hour period. It's pretty bad stuff. And there's no way to answer that because they've already said that they've got all these migrants coming into the city. They're overwhelming the resources of the uh, the city of New York. And then they're going to lose the people that can keep the reins of, you know, of the state's power there or the, the city's power. That's going to be bad news. It might be a real tough place. This is a good time to not be in New York City, folks. I would not be making any uh, any plans to go and visit. I certainly don't. And I got a family member who's living there. Hopefully she stays safe because it's getting stupid in the same way it's getting stupid in some of the other places. Let's talk about, though, how people are looking at this and sort of that pushback. Like I said, the light's coming out underneath the door. People are starting to be aware that it's getting fun. Let's get to our main thing. You guys saw the, the, uh, the, the thumbnail. We might as well start playing some of it. Uh, let's just play. I, I just entitled this video. The, this guy is a tool shed. If you guys remember back in the, uh, in the nineties, we used to talk about people being a tool. That means they were being used by an apparatus. And, and when you were too many tools, you were a shed. This guy is a tool shed. Let's do video. Number one, this, uh, some, you know, some swearing involved because Elon Musk decided to go completely unfiltered, which I'm in favor of. It's actually fun, but uh, be aware of it. If you're watching at work, you might want to turn it down. Let's roll video. Number one and get a little taste of what happened yesterday on a stage, uh, that was funded by the New York times of all things. Here we go. Let's roll it. The approach to um, some of the stuff you're doing with with AI has been very specific, right? There's not a let, let the chips fall where they may approach to those businesses, I don't think. No, we focus on making the best products. And, and, and Tesla's gotten to where it's gotten with no advertising at all. I understand that. Tesla currently sells uh, two, twice as much uh, in terms of electric vehicles as the rest of electric car makers in, in the United States combined. Tesla has done more to help the environment than uh, all other companies combined. Uh, it would be fair to say that, therefore, as a leader of the company, I've done more for the environment than everyone else, any single human on Earth. How do you feel about that? No, no, I, no, how do I feel about that? He's yeah, like, no, he's I'm, like, I'm asking you personally how you feel about that because this goes. We're talking about power and influence, and I'm and saying, I'm saying, what, I, what, what I care about is the the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Fuck them. Okay. okay let me ask you th th this because I think. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't help it. It's so good. Uh, he's worried about people that are interested in the perception of looking good and doing evil. That's leftism in a nutshell for you. They want to look good, but they're doing evil. They look good because the media tells them what they're doing is good. They're parading around in New York and they're going after whatever the current thing is. They're putting on the mask and they're telling you that you must wear a mask. And they're telling your toddler who's on an airplane who is not in danger of getting sick that they must put on a mask for everyone's safety because they are good. This is where the concept of the Karen came out in the last little bit here, right? In the last couple of years. That's a new concept, the idea of a Karen. I don't know why it has to be named Karen. There's probably some really nice people named Karen. I knew some nice people named Karen when I was a kid. I don't know a lot of Karens right now. But the idea that this, this Karen character is going to virtue signal, another thing that we've been talking about way more in the last decade than I remember in my whole life, 40 plus years on the earth, I don't remember virtue signaling being a concept, but it's exactly what Elon Musk just said. He said it in a very simple way. You are looking like you're doing good when you're actually doing evil. Think about Google, folks. Think about that. We're going to cover this sort of uh, censorship regime that's been out, the uh, C-L-I-T, what is it called? No, is it C-L-C-T-I-L? C-T-I-L? I don't know. It wasn't C-L-T. That doesn't sound right. Uh, C-T-I-L, this is a, something that's being broken right now by Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger. I need to spend more time reading it, and I will give it to you guys tomorrow when we bring on for Friendly Friday. This, this idea that companies will say, do no evil, that was actually Google's motto. And then they signed up with the Chinese, and they put all their server farms over in Chinese. That seems like the opposite of doing no evil. And they're happy to censor. They're happy to censor people in their own, you know, that are trying to stand up for free speech in the, uh, the, the various provinces around China. That seems like a problem. If you're going to help enforce totalitarianism, I think you're doing the opposite of doing no evil. You're actually doing evil. It's pretty well documented across human history. Uh, and who is this guy? Who is this guy that's asking questions? He looks like a, he looks like Bradley Cooper. If Bradley Cooper were to stop lifting weights forever. He looks like a skinny, sort of a sickly Bradley Cooper. His name is Andrew Ross Sorkin. And you've got some personal grievances there, Ryan. Like, what do you love about Andrew Ross Sorkin, of all things? Oh, he's such a huge fan of Sam Bankman-Fried. That's absolutely my favorite thing. Sam Bankman-Creep, he's the guy that took billions from people and crashed a crypto exchange, that guy? No, he was just a kid who made a few mistakes. You guys got it wrong, oh. according to Sorkin. Yeah, he's got like, he made some mistakes. He had that curly hair, and then he had like, you know, multiple lovers, dudes and chicks that were all ugly kind of androgynous yeah. looking. He was work, in the, the work party orgies. That's what, yeah. Yep. Work party orgies. That's how billionaires are made. It turns out if, if any of you had known all of you in the chat, if you had known that what it took was you had to just be in a uh, sort of like a polycule, uh, like a, like a, a pod <laughs> relationship with like three or four ugly people. And then uh, you just needed people like this guy, Aaron Ross Sorkin to run you around the, the country and tell people that what you were doing was brilliant. Then you could be a billionaire too. Do you want to be that? Someone refer Jenny Chang in the chat just said he's a wish.com version of Bradley Cooper or an Alibaba, right? Like the Chinese knockoff version of Bradley Cooper. He is. Um, who is he? Supposedly, uh, if you go to Wikipedia, the most fantastic source of information that I know of, Wikipedia tells us he's an American journalist, which means he's a propagandist. He's a financial columnist for the New York Times, which means he's a propagandist. And he's the co-anchor of CNBC's Squawk Box, which means he's a propagandist. And, and you can hear he's actually pushing propaganda. He's shocked. To hear. He also co-created the show uh, Billions on Showtime, which I have never been interested in watching, but some of you may. He's not related to the other famous Sorkins that you guys have heard. He's not related to uh, Aaron Sorkin or Ira Lee Sorkin, so that's worth knowing. Just the same last name. It's a coincidence. Uh, he did go to Cornell, so he's a kind of an Ivy guy. The fun thing for me is he's only a couple years older than me. Uh, he looks younger than me. Maybe he's had a very unstressful life. He's got three kids, and um, he helped make the, the movie uh, Too Big to Fail. And he's over here talking to the world's 
richest man in a way that he's, well, first of all, he didn't even check Elon when Elon said that uh, Tesla has done the most things to help the world uh, for climate change. And I think like, do, do we, are we completely ignoring the cobalt mines that are done by hand and the sort of like horrific amounts of um, uh, toxic chemicals that have to be released in order for you to be able to mine and refine and create these enormous batteries that Tesla's use? Have we just written that off completely? Are we just not going to cover that? I get it. I'm not mad about him having a car. In fact, I'm not mad about him polluting the environment to make something cool. Uh, that's kind of like the American way. That was like literally why America became such a superpower was the industrial revolution and all of the natural, you know, sort of mining capabilities that we had. But the idea that they just let that one fly, they just let that one fly is kind of strange to me. They just said, uh, yeah, I'm the biggest, I'm the biggest advocate for the climate. So anyway, so we're going to let that stand. But then he wanted to push back about this. The best though, is that he's trying to nail down Elon. And what he wants him to do is just bend the knee to the leftish the leftist narrative. He wants him to bend the knee to the ADL and to the uh, media matters that we covered earlier. You know, we talked about that pause, that power. Sometimes the pause is not what you need to do. Sometimes you need to say words. And Elon was not very light about saying them. This is the entirety of our thumbnail for the day. So let's just run the, uh, what, what video was that? Is that number? It's the short version is number two. Did I not send you the full version? Yeah, I got five is the, the full version, I believe. All right, let's let's do the short version again one more time. The evil piece. Let's see. Is, is it video two? Let's just see what we got. Run it for me. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Fuck them. <laughs> I can't help it. It's good. Okay, I may not have even sent you the right one, did I? Did I? Send I got the full one, Kyle. From ALX. I got it. Okay, go ahead and send that one. Yes. Yeah, got it. It's number six. That's what it is. Video number six. Let's run video number six. This is when you don't leave a pause. You don't wait to tell the Princess Bride story. You just send it the way it needs to be said. This is kind of outstanding. So let's run video six. Obviously, you know that there's a public perception that, and, and you're clarifying this now, um, but there's a public perception that that was part of a apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself. <laughs> is that clear? Uh, I hope it is. <laughs> hey, Bob. If you're in the audience. Well, well, let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't advertise. How do you think then about the economics of, of X? If, 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 if part of the underlying model, at least today, and maybe it needs to shift, maybe the answer is it needs to shift away from advertising. Um, if, if you believe that this is the one part of your business where you will be beholden to those who uh, have this view, what do you do? F Y. I understand that, but there's a reality too, <laughs> right? Yes. No. No. I, I mean, Linda no, Yaccarino's right here, and she's got to sell advertising. I, I, absolutely. So, um, no, no, totally. So, so, no, no. Actually, what what this advertising boycott is uh, is is going to do? It's it's going to kill the company. And you think that the company? But and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But there are those advertisers, I imagine, are going to say, they're going to say, we didn't kill the company. Oh, yeah. They're going to say, tell it to, tell it to Earth. 
But they're going to say that they're going to say, Elon, that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform. Right. Let's that's see. that's and, what and they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. So, yeah, OK, this then this. Uh, I'm having a problem here. I'm having a problem because I'm trying to tell you something and you're not hearing me. I'm I'm Andrew Sorkin and I want to tell the richest man in the world that he should bend down for money. And the answer is we've all heard of F you money, right? We've all heard of this concept. You have so much money that if somebody comes up to you, F you, F you money. That's that's like maybe 10 plus million dollars. That might be 40 million dollars. That might be someone who has a net worth that is in the, uh, the like the mid eight figure range. But Elon's in what, like the 11 figure range or the 12 figure range? He has go F yourself money, which is even different. That's more aggressive. One of them is you come to me and I say, F you. I don't have to listen to you. I have enough money to deal with that. He can actually say, I'm aggressively going to come after you. Go F yourself. That's much more aggressive. And that's where he's at. That's real power. The power is some guy with a microphone who's used to people listening to him and thinks that people take him seriously, despite the fact that they shouldn't. He's trying to reshape that conversation. He's trying to bring it back to the way that it used to be. Eight years ago, somebody would have politely tried to answer him. But Elon Musk has probably been introduced to like smoking a bunch of weed since he's been hanging out with Joe Rogan, and he's got more money than any human being has ever had, and he doesn't care. He's got companies that work. People buy his products because they like his products. He doesn't even have to advertise for Tesla, as he said. And they look cool, to be fair. I hate the idea of an electric car, mostly just because I hate the idea of not being able to control everything. I would rather have manual steering, no power steering, manual brakes on everything. My favorite truck that I ever had was a 1991 F-250 diesel truck, Super Duty, or what it was before the Super Duties. It was like the indirect injected 7.3 liter diesel. Thing was epic. It had two gas tanks. It had two batteries. My wife's like, why does it have two gas tanks? I'm like, in case you run out of gas, then you can go to the other gas tank. You flip a switch, you go to the next gas tank. In case you want to run biodiesel out of the back of it, you can switch it over and have it set up for two. You can prime it on one, you can run it on the other. I love redundancy. I love mechanical. I love analog. I don't want a Tesla, even though they look cool. But I do love the fact that Elon Musk is out there telling these guys to go F themselves. Because they can't tell him what to do. He bought Twitter and he said right up front, I'm doing this for humanity. I'm not doing this to make money. And he was basically assuming that it was going to be a loss leader for his overall for his overall portfolio. I think that's pretty clear. And then he said, go ahead and burn it down. And then you have to answer to Earth. Answer to the people of Earth because Earth is watching. Pretty incredible. Also, uh, GFY 2024. Pretty fantastic. That would be a pretty good t-shirt. I would also like to see Hi Bob. I just like that. I just like Hi Bob. Maybe the Suspendables will put one of those out there. Garrett, if you're watching, the Hi Bob, that could be on the back. Suspendables badge. Hi Bob, dot, 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 Elon Musk uh, on uh, in November of 2023. Fantastic stuff. Folks, if you're just watching right now, if you've never been here before, we do appreciate you joining the Kyle Serafin Show. We are live on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you are not watching on Rumble, where are you watching us? Why are you watching us on Twitter? We appreciate you supporting Elon. Actually, Better more now than any else, but uh, come over here to, to where the live chat is, rumble.com slash Kyle Seraph, and give us a like. Go ahead and hit that thumbs up. Make sure it turns green. Try to run those, run those numbers up. We uh, do appreciate that. And we're going to talk now about the last two things. Number one, we talked about tyranny. We talked about power. We talked about the abuse thereof. Let's hit... Uh, Let's hit this story about the DOD whistleblower talking about uh, vaccine injuries in our military force. And then I'm going to wrap up with my with my ex-girlfriend getting taken to the cleaners and lost her car. It's very, very sad. So we will save that for last. I'm going to it's my favorite story. And uh, like I said, I'll break a little bit of information about it, too. Let's talk about Tom 
uh, Ted Massey, rather. Ted Massey, his wife was on our show the other day. You might remember Mara Massey. She's running for Congress. He is a DOD whistleblower. Let me play his his words. This has been scrubbed from the internet. They told him to take it down. Of course, now it's public domain, so it's been played. This is video number five, Ryan. The article is uh, being written here in the Children's Health Defense Network. That's RFK Jr.'s outlet. This is written by a PhD um, woman by the name of Suzanne uh, Bert Burdick. And we're going to read what they said. But more importantly, I want to hear him in his own words saying these things. Many of you who were in federal service experienced the same thing I did, tyranny. But many of you who were in the DOD experienced it in a worse way because they didn't ever feel like they had to pull back. Even though in 2001 it was already adjudicated based on the anthrax vaccines, they could not push emergency youth authorization drugs on you. They did it anyway. I'm very sympathetic to all my friends that are in the military and all of you that I don't know that served in the armed forces that lost your jobs doing the right thing. God bless you. I will bring some more of you on the show. If you are a veteran, if you are a veteran now who had to get removed from the military because you chose not to get a vaccine shot, please hit me in DMs. Go to at Kyle Serafin on Twitter. That's the easiest way. Or go to KyleSerafin.com and hit the contact me. We're going to bring some of you on and tell your stories. Why? Because they're important. Because it's important. Because of things like this. Because this was always going to be the case. Let's play video number six. Uh, sorry, no, video number five. Let's play video number five of uh, Ted Massey right here. Just sitting there. He's just He's just wearing his uniform and telling the truth. Let's roll it. So you may have seen my wife's recent post, and I want to elaborate on that and give you an example as to why reinstatement, back pay, and, and apologies isn't enough. So in July, uh, Undersecretary Cisneros acknowledged the DMET data, the database working properly, and also acknowledged things such as myocarditis rising 151%. So what I did, I went in today, um, I'm doing the same thing, five-year average. However, I'm comparing it to 2022, and I only am using fixed-wing pilots and helicopter pilots, active duty. So we get hypertensive disease, 36%, ischemic heart disease, 69%, pulmonary heart disease, 62%, heart failure, 973%. Whoa. Other forms of heart disease, 63%. Cardiomyopathy, 152%. Did you guys hear that heart failure, 900% plus increase? Wow. Now, it, it must be noted. We're not going to just throw something out there with that without kind of giving it context. We're talking about pilots. I know we got one or two in the chat right now, but let's be real, real frank about military pilots in general. I fell under that category as a uh, pararescue trainee, and I did so as a combat control guy. They, we called class three physicals. I don't know if they call it the same thing everywhere else, but they were, they were commonly known as the flight physical because we were considered air crew. When you are air crew in the military, you have the most strenuous physicals of anybody, and you also have the most documented history. They do an EKG every year. That's not common for people that are under the age of, you know, whatever, I don't know, 50 or maybe ever. How many of you had an EKG every single year? Because I did when I was active duty. And they do a, a close to a stress test. If anything is irregular, they will do a stress test on you, a full cardiac workup. They run all of your your, your blood uh, labs that you would normally do. Uh, we're talking about people in their 20s and 30s that are very, very healthy, that have a fitness standard that is higher than most people in this country. It's, it's worth knowing that we're talking about people that are incredibly fit and to see a 900% jump from the five-year average in heart failure. That is atrocious. These people have already been screened for heart abnormalities. My friends would get screened out of uh, training on a regular basis. If anything happened 
to them that was even potentially, I'll give you a, a, one of my friends, uh, we called him the rabbi samurai. I won't say his real name, but he was a really good guy. He became a linguist. He was going through PJ indoc training. And one of the things they had us do was a bunch of this underwater stuff, which was very, very highly stressful. And it was uh, a lot of uh, hypoxia. So you're doing this anaerobic workout where you're maxing out your muscles and you're moving into the anaerobic zone when you're exercising the heart. Anyway, the fact of the matter is, is you're moving more and more deoxygenated blood into your bloodstream. It's a, it's a downward spiral for any normal person. The problem is my buddy, Rabbi Samurai, had a patent for aminal valve. He had a hole in his heart that you couldn't see. Many people do. Something like 30% of the population has it. It's, it's a little hole in the septum that goes between the two atria of your heart. Okay. And what happens is, is when you get more and more stress, you have more and more deoxygenated blood coming in from the systemic part of your, your body. It goes into that atria. And instead of going down to the ventral and moving it into the pulmonary system where it gets oxygenated, it actually gets pushed over into the other side. It skips the lungs altogether. So you get deoxygenated blood that doesn't get oxygenated and just moves right over here. So you have more and more of your ejection fraction is going to be deoxygenated. So more and more you are going to get you are going to get more hypoxic because less and less oxygen is going to be able to go to your brain circuit and the rest of your body. That's a big problem. And he found that out while doing a hypoxic exercise underwater, getting out and then jacking his feet up on the top of a fence and doing upside down pushups until he collapsed. He was fine. He could have died in training. That's actually a real possibility. We lose one or two people every couple of years. But the fact that this guy was screened for that, he got through it. But once they found the first cardiac anomaly, he passed out on dry land. They took him in, EKG, pulled him out. That was the end of it. These are the kind of people, people that have been pre-screened and have also been pushed to the limit. And then once again, are now getting re-found uh, with all these high instances of cardiac abnormalities. They are the healthiest population in America, bar none. I would absolutely stand by. There are like, other than Olympic athletes, nobody is testing and looking at anything higher than military pilots and flight crew. And so what Ted is saying right there is incredibly damning about the effects of this particular shot and what it did to people's cardiac muscles, which we all sort of know. That is a massive problem. And that is a big expose. That's why his military command has told him to pull that stuff down. When the fittest population and the most screened population for cardiac abnormalities is exhibiting hundreds of percentages increase year on year or against a five-year average of cardiac abnormalities that previously didn't exist. And the only major change was the fact that they received this experimental stuff, this mRNA vaccine, which has never worked well and didn't stop COVID, but it made people lose their jobs. The people who lost their jobs did the right thing. You can't fake your heart. And some of these people, I'm very, very sad to say, will always have a problem for the rest of their lives. And many of you guys know that. I'm not mad at anybody that chose to voluntarily get this shot. I am absolutely disgusted by any of the commanders that forced it on their people. Because putting someone to a decision for their livelihood or for their moral standing, that is coercion. That is extortion. It is not right. They may have not made the right choice, but many people will make the wrong choice under pressure. They made a choice. And I won't fault them for it. I wouldn't ever hold anybody accountable. But the people who pushed it down on them, and in, in the DOJ, that was Lee Loftus. He was the guy that was sending out all the emails to me and my friends. That shit is unacceptable. There's no other way to say it. Absolutely unacceptable. All right. Let's talk about... Uh, Let's talk about my girlfriend. Can we talk about my girlfriend for a minute? She's such a funny girl. The FBI, uh, my old office was the Washington field office. It was in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is experiencing a crime wave. You will be shocked to learn that uh, Joe Biden presidency has not been doing a great job. You talk about job uh, cops walking off the job in New York City. They're obviously also walking off the job in D.C. and they're having a hard time hiring them. You've got people like the glorified security guards of the Capitol Police. And then you have D.C. Metro PD, which is probably the most corrupt police department of any that I'm aware of. I went to one of my friends, uh, actually, I went to a bunch of my friends in the FBI who worked with Metro PD in DC. And I said, I need one person in Metro PD that you trust. Can you give me a phone number? Can you give me a name? And they had no one. 
They absolutely had no one that they could refer me to. And I went to like probably a dozen people. And they said, there's only two things that I know about Metro PD. Either they're too corrupt or they're too fat for me to trust them. That's not a good sign. They will actually hire felons to be cops there. Felonies on their records, which makes sense considering I actually arrested a guy who was working for the city of uh, Washington, D.C., who had been convicted of murder, second-degree murder. He had gotten out. He got a job with the city, and he was working for the city when he sold fentanyl that ended up killing another girl, and he was arrested for murder again, a RICO murder. That's the kind of place we're talking about in Washington, D.C. That is where our wild our wild uh, government is based, and that's where my ex-girlfriend's main headquarters building lives. Let's go ahead and throw this up. So we're looking at a, an article from the WAPO. It says, an off-duty FBI agent in an agency vehicle was carjacked Wednesday afternoon near Lincoln Park on Capitol Hill. Northeast Washington, D.C., according to DCPD, and also according to the FBI, the incident occurred at 3.45 p.m. in the 100 block of 12th Street Northeast. Police said that the in a statement that two people took the vehicle in an armed carjacking. It was found a few minutes later, like 25 minutes later, at 4.10 at the 1,000 block of 15th, about a mile away near the uh, Potomac Metro Station. No arrests have been made. They did not describe the assailants. Declined to describe the carjacking in detail. Washington field office confirmed that the victim was an agent in an agency vehicle who was not injured, uh, says the agents are always armed. Well, let's talk about that. Number one, are they really off duty at 345? Why are they off duty at 345? I think that's probably false. That's probably bad reporting. It's probably not real. But the FBI agent being off duty at that time, what were they doing if they were off duty? And why were they driving an agency vehicle if they were off duty in the middle of D.C.? That seems weird. Number two, why did they find it 20 minutes later? And if this agent was armed, why didn't they defend themselves? So, Ryan, if you want to go full screen on me right here, let me just pull this sucker up because I just got a text message from my friends who happen to know some things. Yes, I do. Um, they wanted to share. I had, I had my buddies in my in one of my chat groups here started desc- uh, describing some of the things that get that get uh, people jammed up in the bureau. We have a bunch of stories. One of the stories is, is apparently Whitey Bulger. Is it? No, sorry. Jimmy Hoffa. We had the Jimmy Hoffa. The FBI had the Jimmy Hoffa car. And it was sitting in an impound lot for evidence that could have been evaluated many, many years after the fact. But they found out when they went to go do the analysis on it, the evidence response team from the headquarters unit went out to go check into the Jimmy Hoffa vehicle saying, hey, you know what? Um, The movie The Irishman just came out. There's this sort of media frenzy about it. People are interested in Jimmy Hoffa. What can we do? Maybe we can revisit that case and we can figure out if there's any forensic evidence in the last vehicle that Jimmy Hoffa was known to be in. And when they went to go do the analysis on it, what they found was is that the car was full of McDonald's wrappers and trash and FBI um, paperwork and a bunch of other garbage because the support employees from that office had been driving around in that damn car for something like 20 years. They had keys to it. They were using it in their motor pool and they were running errands and they were going to FedEx and they were getting you know fast food and they trashed the car to the point where forensically it was no longer relevant. Even though it was being held in evidence, that's the kind of woman we're talking about in the FBI. My ex-girlfriend is a strange, strange beast. Um, the other thing was brought up is that uh, how many times are people having sex in FBI vehicles? The fact of the matter is, is that it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty regular. It's pretty common. Uh, this is quoting one of my friends. This is attributed to somebody else. But allegedly, the former SAC of uh, Miami wrecked his bureau whip whilst getting a BJ from his secretary. Both of them were married at the time. And one agent in Las Vegas apparently had his PA on. If you guys have ever used a police radio, the police radio basically has multiple settings. You can communicate into into different cars. You can change it to different settings, but you can also turn it to siren and whale, and you can turn it to PA where you announce through the speaker out to everybody else in the world who's sitting outside of your vehicle. Apparently he had his PA on and it was queued up while he was watching pornography in his bureau vehicle while he was also pleasuring himself, pulling a Jeffrey Tubin on work and uh, did so in the employee parking lot because these are the kind of people we're talking about. 
out that are entrusted with a badge and a gun for the FBI. There's always bad apples. These ones are pretty funny to me. Um, pretty sad. There's some uh, audio stuff on here. My buddy says, you know, that's not necessarily illegal. It's just frowned upon like masturbating on an airplane. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. So my buddies are pretty funny guys. Uh, they talked about some of the other things on here. They talked about another guy who was going to uh, taking his bureau car to a red roof inn and, and hooking up with hookers. It just turned out that they were actually monitoring that particular one for child for, for sex trafficking. And so he got caught on a pole camera. And then he backed his car up into the pole that had the pole camera on it. So he's a FBI agent driving his vehicle to go have sex with hookers in a apartment or in a uh, in a Red Roof Inn hotel that was under observation by the FBI. And then he backed into the observation post that actually had the camera from the FBI and then had to report that his bureau car was wrecked. These are the kind of people we're talking about. By the way, those people all keep their security clearance for the most part. Not me. Not so much me. Not so much my buddy. Uh. Uh, Steve Friend, not Garrett O'Boyle. Another one here, somebody that was in Phoenix, apparently got caught on a pole cam going into one of those rub and, rub and tug massage parlors, got caught and then claimed that he was an undercover and that he was uh, doing an undercover operation on said massage parlor. <laughs> Even though he wasn't authorized to be an undercover, he had no authorization to conduct another undercover authorization and he used his own money for the uh, massage that turned into a happy ending. This stuff cannot be made up. So anyway, this is the kind of caliber of people we're talking about. Now, my tweet yesterday about this whole story was, wouldn't it be nice if the FBI gave people a situational training that allowed people to uh, to maybe like look for threats as they drove around in the world and they carried a badge and a gun so they were constantly on guard so they didn't get their vehicle stolen or their, their gun taken? Wouldn't that be the thing that you'd want? They may or in fact actually do that at Hogan's Alley. We're going a little long, but we're going to keep doing it. <laughs> my buddy tells me this. So in fact, it wasn't an agent. Who, who lost the vehicle. That person was ambushed, hit in the head. Someone stole the, the whip, the, the vehicle, uh, stole the radio and body armor and then dumped it. And of course, they actually have video of this. So we will actually never see the video, just like Seth Rich's laptop. They will be fought for years. But this agency um, is training people to be at 345 in the afternoon, sitting somewhere, probably on surveillance, maybe just getting a sandwich. I don't know. And not paying attention. DC is one of the places where it was very obvious to me wherever I went that someone might steal your car. And how do we know how bad it is? Let's go ahead and just look through the, uh, the we have another article up that came from the USA Today. And I found that to be the most telling. It says this incident comes as the uh, nation's capital experiences 107% rise in carjackings. Probably about as many as they have uh, incidents of myocarditis and heart failure in pilots, right? 107, 107% rise in carjackings. There have been 911 incidents of carjackings thus far. 77% of them involved a firearm in 2023 alone. D.C. is not that big a place, folks. It's really not that big. Can you imagine? Apparently, this, uh, and, and we also had a, a, a Texas representative, a Democrat, Henry Singular, was, was carjacked by three men near the Capitol. So it's spreading. It's all over the place where we have the urban rot, the urban decay is, uh, I don't know if you guys watch Fleckus Talks, but my wife watches him all the time and he's great. And they do this whole segment called Urban Decay. And it's all just evil things that are happening in our urban areas. It's 100% going on and it's increasing. It feels important and it feels more importantly, like it's planned. Like they actually are looking for this to happen. Let me tell you why this is the saddest thing for an FBI agent. And I don't know when this person went through the academy. But I went through the academy in 2016. And when I went through it, I had a scenario. They do all these scenarios. There's a place called Hogan's Alley. Some of you are familiar with the idea of Hogan's Alley. It is a tactical training environment. It's got real houses that have real walls and real doors. And they, it looks like a little real neighborhood with you know half dozen little houses. You can go do interviews and knock and talks. They set up all these scenarios. All the walls are set up so that you can actually shoot sim rounds inside of them. So they're all simunition training grounds. It is an active law enforcement area. It's got a bank that gets robbed every day is what they, they claim. It's not every day that you're doing training, but they have a bank that gets robbed that you 
do bank robbery scenarios. You're in a, a pool hall that gets robbed. You're in a, you know, various different areas. You go conduct an interview and something happens and stuff like that. And they teach you how to handle a lot of the things you may see in the world. Not well, but they teach them well enough the way that you might handle yourself where you carry a badge and a gun in, in the world. If you've gone from not being a cop to doing something in law enforcement, that's what the FBI Training Academy does. And one of the best scenarios that they had, it's illogical in so much as the way they set it up, but you're supposed to be doing surveillance on like a mob guy, I think. And you're supposed to take pictures, the mob guy's meeting up, so they park your car. The, the instructor parks your car so that your, your partner, who's in the right-hand side in the passenger seat, is blocked in by a wall, and I'm in the, uh, the driver's seat, and we are parked so that we're against this wall where the, the passenger door won't open. And everything is supposed to be like ninjas jumping out of the ceiling kind of theory. That's what they always joke about at when you're doing the, the Quantico Hogan's Alley training. So there I am sitting in the thing, taking pictures of this guy. He's got something going on in his trunk. I got my cell phone out. I'm taking some surveillance pictures, whatever it is. You're about 50 yards away or something like that from behind them. And you're down the street and up the street to the right is a thing called the Magnolia Hotel. That's where they have all these different hotel rooms. It's like a legitimate looks like a motel. You could walk into any of the rooms and they do all kinds of tactical scenarios like clearing hotel or meeting with a source or whatever BS they do. And so I'm sitting down there and guy knocks on the window. I see him coming up. He knocks on the window and he's got a pizza in his hand. He's got a box of pizzas. And he says, Hey, um, can I, uh, can I trouble you for some information? Yeah. What's going on? Um, I'm looking for the Magnolia hotel. You want to be normal and you want to get this guy out of there. So I go, yeah, it's uh, up there on the right. And he pulls a gun out of the pizza box and he points it in my face. This is part of the scenario. And he says, you know, I, I want your card. I want your money. Now my partner's in the front seat and I go, no problem. I'm opening the door. I'm getting out. The car is yours. Like you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to figure out how to take tactical patience in order to engage the threat. And I, he goes, get out of the car. So I step out and I start doing this. I start moving laterally outside the car. Just imagine me moving away from the vehicle with the open door. And I created a big triangle that was so wide that, that either way, if the guy turned the gun on me, my partner could shoot him. And if he turned the gun on my partner, then I could shoot him. He turned to my partner because he told him to climb out of the car too. And the minute he turned, I put four in the middle of his face on the face mask he was wearing from close range and put him down. And rather than saying, great job, good situation awareness, good patience, whatever way to draw your weapon system fast and, and engage the threat, what they said was, who told you this scenario and how did you cheat? And I went like, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. I actually thought it was a real surveillance training thing. I, I, I literally took them at their word because I wanted to get the value out of it. The fact is, is that every single FBI agent is actually trained that when you're sitting on surveillance, you could get char harjacked. That is literally part of the FBI's training catalog. And every single agent has gone through it since 2016, as far as I know. Is that not troubling? They literally teach you this stuff. And people that are on surveillance on a regular basis should know that, especially if you live in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is not nice. It's not a good place. I used to leave my windows cracked in the rear. I would leave them down by one inch because you can hear people walking up on you. If somebody got the jump on you while you were sitting on surveillance, you weren't doing it correct. There's no reason why that should happen to an FBI agent, particularly in a city that is dangerous like that. So this is bad news. This is what happens when you hire people that have no business having a badge and a gun. That's it. There's no reason for it. You should not allow this kind of people. You should not be able to have that happen to you. We had somebody that had uh, a, uh, you know, a similar scenario in New York a couple of years ago when I was working on the surveillance team. Somebody drove down a one-way street the opposite way. The guy was like, oh crap. He had to drop the phone. He was on the phone talking to his wife, talking to his kids. I get that. He got shot in the shoulder. He returned fire. He ended up hitting the guy in the hand, something to that effect. He was actually injured in the line of duty. Um, not ideal, but at least he saw the car coming and knew that there was a threat because he at least had the situational awareness to do that. This does not sound like that case. If somebody jumps you and takes your vehicle, yeah, it's just a vehicle. Was there uh, weapon systems that were taken? The FBI definitely won't acknowledge that. 
they will be running all over the city to do it. They lost the radios. The radios are encrypted. That means they have to change the encryption across all the apps, which means you compromised everything that was going on for surveillance for that day. I'm just saying, these are real problems. You can't be like you can't be letting basic street level criminals take you down when you claim, in your own words, to be the premier law enforcement agency in the United States. That's a joke. That's what we're dealing with right now. In any case. That's our show for the day. I feel like that is a, a fun little way for us to end it. Uh, it's giving you the real world of how things work. They almost always have a uh, their weapon system on them. If you have your weapon on you and you don't have it accessible, then you are a problem. And just so you guys know, I texted two of my female academy classmates that I still have their phone number. And I said, damn it, Teresa, I told you to keep your gun on you. I don't know who the agent was that lost this thing, but it's pretty funny to me. Uh, I, I was doing nothing but laughing about this last night. So I hope you guys take that as for what it's worth. I hope it was a value to understand that when a law enforcement officer loses a gun, it is their fault. Their job is to make sure that they don't have that happen. And there's plenty of videos of cops doing it the right way on that. That's why. That's why the FBI are not cops, because they don't do this. They don't live on the streets well at all. Let's do a favorable review. Folks, give us a five-star review on Apple if you want to do so. We would appreciate that. We are trying to uh, stack them up for the end of the year. We're getting closer and closer to the 1,000 mark. We may not make it by January 1st, but that's okay. Ryan, you want to pull up our five-star review for the day? There it is. This one is from Bill T21, who I see in the chat on a regular basis, and I think I saw earlier today. Uh, there it is. He says, I was right. Five stars early on. I predicted this show was going to grow, and Kyle would become a real force in exposing the FBI. The Suspendables team is getting it done. We appreciate that, Bill. We are doing our best. We're doing our damnedest every day to expose the things out there and give you guys the inside intel. Uh, I didn't know that I was going to tell you that story, but I did today, and it just happened to come up at that moment that we were doing so. Folks, you can also support our last two little people. You can go after uh, Catholic Vote. You guys saw that earlier. You can go and do a vote. I'd appreciate it if you guys click on the link that is in the show description, or you can simply go onto their website, catholicvote.org. But if you want to see it, it's actually in today's loop. Today's loop has that Catholic tournament of heroes or whatever they called it. Uh, and you can also give to them on the top right hand side. You'll see a little green give button. Feel free to donate to them, but sign up for the loop, put in your email and uh, sign up. And once you're signed up for the loop, then you can also vote for the Catholic heroes piece on there, which is a, a good time for those of us that are in it, which is us, which is me. I don't need your vote, but uh, I'll take your vote. If you guys want to vote for it, it's just good fun, good times and good people that did some good things. How about, uh, how about we also throw one out there for my buddy, Garrett O'Boyle. Let's keep the suspendables sweatshop working over in Wisconsin, go to the-suspendables.com, the-suspendables.com. Use promo code Kyle, save you a couple bucks. Just let you know that we're sending you there. That's Garrett just giving you guys a deal. There's there's no money changing hands. They're not a real sponsor. They're just my friend. And they're one of the guys that is out there giving us great information all the time and their reflections. You guys will catch the American Radicals podcast. You can go to amradpod on uh, on uh, Rumble, it's growing. There's se several hundred followers already, and it's just uh, in two episodes deep right now. Go to Amrad Pod, check them out, but also check out any of these things. This is the new uh, Suspendable Standard Strength hoodie that I've got. Uh, it's really, really comfortable. It's one of the softest hoodies on there. It's like t-shirt style. So if you live somewhere in the South, this may be your jam. The-Suspendables.com, support them. And lastly, if you guys want to pick up something from MyPillow as you guys are looking, so many of you guys are buying these things as gifts. So many of you are buying them for your own, for your household goods. They uh, have their ongoing Cyber Monday sales still going through I think it goes through the end of this week. It seems to be. Go to mypillow.com slash Kyle, mypillow.com slash Kyle. We catch a percentage of all the sales. So that is a support to us. If you're going to buy it from anybody else, uh, you might as well use our promo code, K-Y-L-E, promo code Kyle. Saves you the same money that any other one would, but it supports us. And you're listening to us, so we'd appreciate it. Uh, mypillow.com slash Kyle or promo code Kyle. We got some rumble rants up there. Let's do some of these real quick. Shall we, Ryan? And we'll wrap this sucker up for the day. What do we got? Let's we do got it. 
We got Lemon Zinger on here saying, awesome show once again. Appreciate you every morning. Lemon, I see you in the morning. Even when you screw up my little joke that I was going to do about the MMA fighter who turned into a congressman. I still appreciate you. Thanks for being there, Lemon Zinger. Justice is blonde throwing out there saying, pray for Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger. They are testifying before Weaponization Committee right now. We may even jump into that later. I'm definitely going to have to watch that. Um, I knew they were coming up to go do this stuff and breaking that story. Fantastic stuff. Definitely pray for these men. Um, but they are well prepared. You know, God is, is strengthening them every day. I can just tell you from having interacted with them personally. Peace Sturgis saying, I'm so appreciative for all the info put out about the Vax. Rest in peace, mom and dad. God, that sounds like there's a terrible story behind there. Uh, rest in peace to both your parents. Agreed. Folks, we may have one or two more. There it is. Uh, whatever 007 saying two bucks, hit the like button until we're at number one, folks. How do we do for likes today, Ryan? Do we do okay? Yeah, we did great, man. We're almost at 300. We broke a record today with like 1425 watching. Great show, guys. Thank you, guys. Uh, we really appreciate all of you guys watching. Folks, you can follow Ryan Matta. As you can tell, the, the uh, production value on this show continues to increase. That's because Ryan and I are working on it, but specifically because Ryan's skill is able to do what I'm asking him to do, which I can't do on my own. So uh, follow Ryan at Ryan Matta Media on Twitter. He's putting out a lot of his content from the border. You guys can still see that. Whether you agree with his take or not, the footage stands on its own, and it's very, very good. And uh, even if it's inflammatory, maybe he's just engagement farming you. Maybe he's getting you <laughs> to think, I don't know what he's trying to do to you, but he's got you. So check out Ryan Matta Media at Ryan Matta Media on Twitter, or you can follow him at Ryan Matta on True Social. And a little compliment that I gave you in private, but I'll give it to you in public too. My dad, who watches our show and is my number one critic, I asked him to give me all the critical information, said he had no notes yesterday, that there was no fly shit to pick out of the pepper and thought you did a fantastic job of mixing things up with uh, Tara and Aaron. Let's lastly show that again. We had thousands of comments come in from, from many of you. They're doing a good push. Uh, Aaron and Tara are, but let's let's hit it one more time. Let's go to Truth Trench dot org slash defend the children truthtrench.org defend the children you guys can find the link from yesterday's show there are four days four and a half days left to do comments i think we had something like almost five thousand comments were registered yesterday because of your work because of what you guys are doing listening to this you guys are putting out there ryan gave me some numbers earlier what was the number i'll pull it up real quick the numbers are we hit 3, uh, 32,626 total. We need 185 people to make 94 comments or 3,475 people to make five comments each and we can shut this down. So if every one of you people that is watching and we'll have more than 3,500 people watch this show, if you all leave a couple of comments, we will hit that goal of 50,000. There's other there's other uh, entities in play right now. But if you guys can make that happen, if you guys can get these comments on there, let's push it. They've actually shut down regulation.gov uh, a few times because it's been overwhelmed by the comments that you guys are doing. You're doing a fantastic job. Go out there and leave one through 94. Any of those comments that you choose to do, you can leave them by just copying them. You're going to click through. It's going to take you to the regulation page where you can put it in and you literally just copy and paste. If you want to add a personal note, you can do that. Everybody wants to know what they can do. We're giving you options to do stuff. This is exercising power. Elon Musk is telling people to go F themselves. You can tell the federal government to go F itself with this terrible rule trying to hide child sex trafficking and child labor trafficking as it was brought up by yesterday's show. So by all means, go out there and do that. And then you can support both Tara and Aaron by following them and retweeting some of the stuff they are doing. It's Tara Lee Rodas, at Tara Lee Rodas on Twitter. And then Aaron is at called underscore out underscore DHS, called out DHS on both Truth and Twitter. Uh, Tara's uh, handles the same on both as well. Folks. And make sure you guys turn on your VPN and choose anonymously. So every time you submit a question, you have to turn in your VPN so they don't recognize the same address because they won't count your second comment. There you go.
Good news. Good stuff. The VPMs. Uh, yeah. So I just see TACP saying he had to swap VTMs because they started blocking. Yeah. They don't want you to put these comments on there. Obviously, they don't want you to spam them. But if you have more than one comment, you should be able to comment. You're a citizen. You're paying for these services uh, from our federal government. This is the same HHS, by the way, that is uh, trying to hide Rachel Levine's emails. It all comes back to the same types of evil. I don't know how that all happens, but we are seeing a, a world, like I said, where a lot of light is coming through the door and it's starting to connect all these dots for many of us who are looking at them. The lines were always there. The dots were always there. They're starting to light each other up and get that connection. So we really appreciate you joining us for the Kyle Seraphin Show. Uh, God bless all of you for all your work. Go out there and overwhelm these federal government comment sections. And we will see you again tomorrow for Friendly Friday. Might not have Steve Friend, but we may have another friend joining us. So look forward to that. We'll see you tomorrow at 930 Eastern Time at rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.